visit the Downtown Den, join us through our website, all the W's, downtowninbusiness.com. Stay in, stay safe, visit the Downtown Den. Today we are taking part in another podcast episode of the, uh, the, the, the Downtown Den, and I've got a great panel here to discuss basically what's how the coronavirus is affecting the property industry in Birmingham and their business. Um, so what I'll do is I'll uh, let the people introduce themselves. So Alex, over to yourself first, if you can introduce yourself and where you're from, please. Yeah, uh, afternoon everybody. My name's Alex Tross. I'm Director and Head of Office Advisory for Lambertsmith Hampton in Birmingham. Perfect. And yourself, Deborah? Hi there, I'm Deborah Ritchie. I'm a partner at Knights PLC. We're Legal and Professional Services and I'm a Construction Law Specialist. Perfect. And last and uh, not least, Rob? Yeah, hi, my name's Rob Day. I'm Chairman and Founder of Blueprint Interiors and we're Workplace Consultants and Design and Fit-Out Specialists, uh, primarily in Commercial Interiors. Perfect. Thank, thank you, guys. It's a lot easier when you're in the room because you can just go from left to right or right to left <laughs> yeah. on the screen and everyone's changing here so it's getting a little bit used to um i think the key thing is just to let obviously members know who are going to be watching this what the downtown uh, den is it's very much it's it's a place for business people to get together um and, and discuss uh, unprecedented times i think uh, i did a, a webinar the other day and i said this is probably one of the most um unquestionable probably the, the worst time since world war ii now that it's out of everyone's control no one knows really what's going on uh, and we're all waiting for direction so i think having webinars like this uh, to get together and discuss what can happen and how people may be able to help and how we've all adapted our business lives then uh, certainly might help other members within downtown and further networking communities um so um let's get let's get straight into it um i've got a few different questions for you that i'm going to hit you off with um so deborah um how's the covid or the coronavirus affected your business to date well um we have uh, we, we advise on both business and individual um, legal matters. Um, so we've kind of got a mixed response within the business at the moment. Um, our employment teams are very busy, as you'd imagine, an awful lot of questions out there at the moment about uh, how businesses can uh, uh, acquire the funding that's available, what they can do about their employees, all that sort of thing. Things. So they're very busy. Our family teams and private client uh, families with children, etc. Um, on the business side, and particularly for me on the property side, we're still busy on transactions. Some that were coming up for completion are still going ahead. We've got new financing that's still happening. Um, We've got a bit of a drop off in terms of, say, development agreements where we've not gone over the line. There's so much uncertainty about um, how the construction works will progress that some of that now is certainly stalling. Um, I think we're all just waiting to see how long this is going to go on for. And then once we have some sort of idea of that, I think things will start to gear up again. It's very much an on hold as opposed to things going off completely. Um, so, you know, at the moment we're busy. I think, you know, it very much depends on how much longer this lockdown is going to go on for as to how that will go on um, <coughs> forward. But the business itself is, is doing very well. We're all working remotely remotely we have been since the 13th of um, March so we went a bit early um, but we've been able to do that very successfully so yeah that, I mean that's that's been great news actually. 
Okay, perfect. And I picked up on one thing you said there. Obviously, you've still got uh, completions happening that are already in there. Um, how are you finding it now with finances? Because the rumours that are coming out from the property industry that finance is drying up a little bit while this is going on or they're offering less loan-to-value on land deals or... Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly, certainly the, the, on the residential side, that, that's gone. Um, they're really, you know, the mortgages are essentially at hold. I think anything that's already been negotiated... Um, they are going forward, um, so we're okay on that. It's it's new funding that's the problem. Although I've got some refinancing deals that are still continuing, um, things have been slowed down a bit because the practicalities involved. Um, but uh, you know, sound businesses are still being able to access funding. Okay, perfect, lovely, thank you, Rob. Obviously, uh, personally, I use your company as well uh, for thank interior you. design. Um, how are you finding this? Because obviously it must be very different how it's affecting your business because I'm presuming at the moment you're sort of, you're all working from home now as well. And it depends on construction companies allowing you on the premises as well sure. to try and do the, the fit outs at the moment. Yeah. Um, so I, when I introduced myself, I made it clear there are, there are really uh, two parts to our business. Um, we're very much a design led business. And in many respects, the works, the workplace consultancy is, um, it, 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 it's the first time people meet us really. So our ability to deliver projects is one of our, uh, our unique selling, selling features, I believe, but, but also it's clearly the one that's been affected most. So after the announcement last Monday, I think it was 8.30, by nine o'clock, we'd already, already drafted, considered and drafted um, our response to uh, various clients where we're on site. So I think we had, I think it was nine, 10, 11 maybe sites uh, where we were, we were on site. and. You know, whilst uh, we've witnessed people attempting to continue to work, the, we, we, we were very clear that the, the ability to maintain correct social distances and to maintain the enhanced level of hygiene uh, on, on a site would be silly, really, given the gravity of the situation. Um, obviously, we're under contract with uh, a number of clients under formal JCT contracts, for example, or under simple purchase orders. But in every respect, we were able to... Um, discuss and negotiate with clients um, in, in, in the first instance a three-week suspension of works so um, that's the that's the sensible thing to do and I think it gives a degree of certainty to everybody at that point uh, we're able to secure sites leave everything safe um, and, and wrap up everything in the, in, in the, on, the, on the Tuesday morning we were able to achieve all that by midday Tuesday which was our target over all those sites now Having said that, the, the the other component of our business, so projects where we're already engaged with clients in producing the design work, um, we've been able to continue with those. And in fact, it's fair to say that our client base has, broadly speaking, continued to uh, to, to encourage us to deliver that, that, that phase of work with them. A couple of smaller clients have postponed projects where it's been possible to do so because I think they are naturally concerned for their own um, their own cash flow and potential viability but it's fair to say our client base is represented more now by people who are the kind of work we're doing these are for clients who are doing strategic investments rather than um, you know sort of ad, ad hoc refurbishments so uh, you know that's that's good news for us in that we've we've over the year over the last two to three years in particular we've grown and uh, created a degree of stability and resilience in our business so that's good um, interestingly we are on the Friday before that so yeah that's only two weeks ago um, we had had three individual inquiries where clients had approached us one of which is a significant 
sized tender for us. Um, and we've got to get the answers back by, by this weekend, in fact. Um, the project, they want, the client wants the project to be done in June, by the end of June. Obviously that's ambitious. That would appear to be ambitious given what we currently know. Uh, but the bottom line is um, there is still, um, th there is still an appetite to, 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 for businesses to grow um, on a strategic level. Any, anything opportune is, I think, quite rightly being, being put on hold. But, but as far as other things go, these are, these are, these are simply postponements, I think, at the moment. Um, I suppose what might appear to be a fairly sort of ebullient attitude at the moment is really as a result of the thinking we've all done over the last two weeks. But we've come to the conclusion that we only need to hang on for another seven or 10 days from today, I would suggest, to understand much more accurately how long this whole thing's gonna last. Um, so that that's probably, if, by way of clarification, I'm not being um, ludicrously over-optimistic. I, it, it's simply a question of uh, we've got to, we've got to accommodate a seven to ten day timescale, I believe, from today to understand exactly what's going on. I think within that timescale, we will be able to much more accurately predict when we can return. So, as Deborah said, um, we you know we're, we, we I think there are the, the, we we can realistically think about the world changing beginning to change back to normal sometime during May potentially. Oh fantastic. And Alex yourself. Hi James, you've so, frozen. Uh, how are you finding things at the job? Um, I'll just repeat myself. Yeah, so please. obviously head of advisory at Lambert Smith affected your business at the moment. I'm sure you're getting lots of calls from uh, uh, from some of your uh, your contacts at the moment asking what to do or how to get through this. Yeah, I mean, property is a very broad church. There are elements of the sector that have to keep going in spite of, you know, the challenges. So if it's property management, that has to continue. Uh, there's quite a bit of activity around the rates position now for a lot of businesses. So our rates team is very busy managing those, those queries and what have you. For me as a transactional uh, person, that has fallen off quite a bit, as you'd expect. Uh, we can't get on site even if we were asked to do so because of all the safety concerns and what have you. But more importantly, it's really about... Uh, businesses being able to take a view as to movements within their sector uh, and it very much depends on where you are on the timeline in terms of the process so for those deals that are fairly progressed they're in solicitor's hands as we would term it uh, they can perhaps tweak the deal to make it a bit more reflective of the current sort of economic situation we find ourselves in if you're right at the beginning for example a business that has experienced some growth since the stability afforded by the general election result looking to really, um, in Birmingham in particular, take advantage of the investment drives and the, the Commonwealth Games and the growth we've experienced as, as, as a city, you might take a slightly different view now because that momentum has been pretty much um, halted, I think is probably the best way to call it, without being overly negative. So it very much depends on where you are as to what view you would take. I think realistically, most occupiers now are taking the view that the most important thing is just to take stock, protect the business, take those often very difficult decisions that you need to take to allow you to keep trading when things do get better and that is the focus so exposing yourself to costs are either legal fees or fitting out you know we heard rob talk about those issues as well uh, they are going to be secondary now it's really about maintaining the health and well-being of your staff and doing what is necessary to allow you to continue to to trade uh, you know property as with most sectors has had experience unfortunately of having sort of flex and, and respond to market conditions. 
uh, this is a more severe case of that, which no doubt we'll get through, but it's going to be interesting to see what the market and sector looks like uh, when we, we do return to some sense of normality. But I think for everyone at the moment, it's quite tough because deals are in the air. And uh, the, the, the question is how long, you know, if it's, if there was a line in the sand, a la Brexit, you could take a view, we can just hold off and put things in place to allow us to trade to that point and then reassess. But at the moment, we're not really sure. Uh, you know, ideally, you know, if Rob is correct, and we, look, we are looking at May for some sort of resolution, fantastic. Uh, but we don't know. So therefore, the plan has to be fluid and we have to be reactive as opposed to proactive, unfortunately. Okay. No, perfect. Well, yeah, it's, you know, great, great things. And I think, you know, obviously, all being in the property industry, we just got over Brexit, which, you know, I think uh, everyone yeah. was in agreement was... Sorry, know, James. You went, you froze a bit there, so if you can just um, start again and we'll edit that out. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, let me start again. Yeah, great, great, uh, great points there, guys. And I think it's, you know, we've all been in the property industry. You know, we just got over Brexit uh, and it was all about the uncertainty of what was happening. As soon as we knew what was happening, we could see that upward spiral straight away. And there was a lot of confidence in the marketplace. Um, you know, we see it from both my companies, from the estate agency side and the property development company as well. Uh, it was all systems going quite rapid. Um, all of a sudden this has hit and it's like a complete catch 22. Um, the estate agents, like as, as, as Deborah's mentioned, you know, yes, we've got deals that if they're exchanged, we're pushing for completions. If obviously it can be agreed mutually if contractually not they could be going back for three to six months and then you know as a business you then have to look at yourself and think well how do you survive for you know six months if you're not going to have any revenue coming in from that point as well because yeah. you don't get paid until completion's taken place um on the development side it's a, it's the complete other way because like you've just mentioned alex you know there's there's people there who are looking to get deals that might not be going through anymore they might put it on hold and as a developer we're sat looking at everyone going right we that site so can we benefit from this at that point as well um but it's also about you know making sure that things are done correct you know so on our construction sites you know it's working with the contractors and making sure they're adhering to all the government rules at the moment to uh, make sure that there's only necessary personnel on site uh, from that so naturally it will slow things down but i think everybody you know can look at it and say yes this is one of those that unfortunately we all have to sort of suck it up and see and yeah. and get on with it but i agree with rob i think um you know look i think we'll get the announcement probably in what is it next week uh, we'll probably be told to stay in for another two weeks to get us to the end of april but we do is unfortunate but we have to start getting back to normal at some point and it might be a staggered start at over certain points but i do believe that you know by may i think we will start seeing more people back out on the streets and back at work you know to uh, to push us forward in the great british way so moving on then so for birmingham itself how would you see the long-term effects you know of of this current epidemic uh, in the industry Bob? how would you see it being affected uh, long term, um, I think. I think the interesting thing is we we spoke just now about the certainty delivered by the election result, and let's not forget that this government has essentially committed to balancing economic growth throughout the country via large infrastructure projects. Birmingham, obviously, as Alex has alluded to, we've got a good fair share of those projects here with the Commonwealth Games and so on. Um, <clears throat> the Midlands Engine is a very you know, that's a, it's a mature body. It's got it's got plans, framework, and, and, and a strategy to move forward. I th I think it will be. I don't want to sound complacent, but this 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 is if this is a six week event, uh, or eight week event in terms of 
in terms of actual complete lack of economic activity, that in itself isn't enough to stop the momentum that lies behind this in, in my belief. It, it's, gonna, it's, it's undoubtedly gonna cause problems and, and I'm really not being complacent about those who, who, who are going to suffer, there's no question. But the longer term strategy I think is, is crystal clear. Birmingham, Birmingham's infrastructure and its infrastructure plans are of, of such scale that this, even this is, I believe, a, um, a relative blip. It's a big blip, but it's a, it's a, you know, it's a temporary state of affairs. This, if we believe that we would be exposed to this to this kind of activity every year, um, then it's a different question. But I guess we will adapt our our infrastructure and choices and responses accordingly. But no, I, 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 I yeah, there will there will be effects. Players will change, as Alex said. You know, some people survive, some people won't. Um, as we were discussing before we formally opened the meeting, you know, there all change is opportunity. Um, if you're around to take advantage of it, um, you know, it will be it, no, it will exactly. be a very busy time I totally indeed. Echo your comments there, Deborah. Yourself, what do you think the long-term effects will be on the property industry in Birmingham based on this? Yeah, I think very much like like Rob said, actually, I've taken some soundings from um, property developers, house builders, um, consultants in, the, in, in Birmingham as to what they think the position will be. Um, and generally, people are um, optimistic, in fact. Uh, they feel that there's going to be a bounce back. But of course, it all very much depends on how long this is going to go on for. We've said it already, but that really is absolutely key because those big capital projects, those big infrastructure projects in Birmingham that we're all expecting to give us, you know, even even further boom in, in Birmingham, the HS2, um, the uh, Commonwealth Games, if they still are on track, then um, then I think, you know, we, 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 we should be fine. Um, house building is going to have to continue. We desperately need new housing. Um, so, you know, we, we, we ought not to see any real fall off on that. It's just going to be a matter of bounce back isn't it really and, and um, if this is a, a, a longer period when we're off then we can expect the economic decline of businesses to be such that that's going to cause us a problem but if it is just a couple of months then you know most businesses that are on a sound footing will see that through. Yeah no ex exactly and that's some uh, great points there i do i do believe you know i'm not the biggest lover of hs2 there's a lot of people who know me probably i'm the only property person in birmingham who probably disagrees with it uh, i think you have to have it continuing because this is where a lot of a lot of employment is going to come from and you know shelving these uh, projects at the moment because like rob said this could be six to eight weeks we don't know it could be six months N none of us know at the moment what's happening mm -hmm. so yeah i think these projects have to stay on track at the moment to to show the resilience for the city to be honest more than anything else because birmingham's certainly on the up so ali alex what's your take on this on the long-term effects that it may have yeah no i think I agree with what's been said so far i mean the reality is these, these infrastructure projects are long-term projects so I think even in a relatively worst case scenario situation, they will survive long beyond the coronavirus impact. There might be some slowing, but ultimately these things are for the very long term. They have generational impact. Um, so I think ultimately they, they will be there, they'll be fine. I think what we have seen um, in recent times, you know, post Lehman's, et cetera, the downturn really took, took hold was that Birmingham benefited because businesses that are suffering 
look at ways of reducing their cost base. And one of the great ways to do that is to take your business elsewhere and, and, and locate where your rent is significantly cheaper, for example, but there is still a rich pool of talent and so on and so forth. So Birmingham, irrespective of what happens on a macro scale, will still have those benefits relative to the southeast, for example, and I don't expect that to change in the short to medium or even long term. Yeah. So I think it will be a period of instability, uh, which doesn't help anyone, especially the property market. But ultimately, because of the long term view that has to be taken when considering something like HS2 or the impact, uh, the beneficial impact, we hope, of the, the Commonwealth Games, for example, those things will be um, in effect well beyond Corona, one would hope. Um, and I think the raw fundamentals that make Birmingham attractive now in terms of regional consolidation, even investment and those sorts of things, they're still going to be in place and actually maybe even more acute in terms of their value, uh, you know, post corona. So I think longer term, we are fine. It's really just about keeping things going whilst we are suffering to ensure that we can actually maximise the benefit when we come out the other side. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, you know, I I'm getting inundated with some questions at the moment you know is there going to be a property crash uh, and everything and and I, like i've said well the only re real way you can have a property crash is if finance dries up or there's not finance available in other words where there is finance still available out there at the moment yes it might not be the the terms that we're so used to because they're scaling back but there's less buyers and there's less sellers at the moment as well so it's actually all equaling out compared to 2008 2009 where finance was just not available you know full stop so i think it's going to be quite interesting times i mean there's going to be a lot of panic over the next six to eight weeks about how it will affect the, the property industry um i think there's going to be a few property companies that are going to find it quite hard in birmingham um you know to, to push forward but it's about adapting um and, and yeah. things like the support if we talked about six seven weeks ago we would never have had this online meeting would have all sat around the table and had this discussion ourselves so now everyone can see it so it's changing and it sort of leads me on to my next question and that which is just quite interesting it's about individuals and us as individual positive people i think it'll all come across that we're being very positive about what we expect to happen and what we're hoping to happen but individually it has to be quite hard so Deborah how, how have you adapted as an individual at the moment you know work-wise and personally yeah I mean I, I've, I've always worked remotely I've worked around our offices quite a lot so um, not being at my desk every day hasn't really caused me any particular problems I'm very lucky for my domestic situation because I don't have kids so it means that you know all the time's my own I can do what I want with it so that's that's fine for me it's obviously not true of a lot of colleagues and they're trying to manage the homeschooling and uh, and work um, in the daytime as well so that must be very tough um, but uh, but I find I'm, I'm getting better at things like digital skills you know I never knew how to do video conferencing before so there's all sorts of tips and tricks that we're sharing around the uh, the office at the moment which is is just great you know we're all helping each other there but what I have seen is is that you know communication is absolutely key and if anything I'm communicating with the team uh, the wider business um, you know actually really effectively day by day now in ways that, that are perhaps more productive than we've done when we've actually sat at our, our desks and working alongside each other but the other thing I've, I've all spotted is that we do need to look at pastoral care as well and um, particularly for the younger members of the team who I think are feeling um, very uncertain at the moment um, 
and perhaps haven't uh, you know witnessed a, an economic downturn in the past um, or are very worried about the future and I think you know sort of that um, putting a sort of digital arm around them and, uh, and making sure that they feel comfortable um, and well supported I think that's that's been very important. Oh, fantastic and Alex what, what about yourself how, how have you adapted as an individual during this time? Um, it's been interesting actually because obviously as, a, as an office advisor we talk to clients a lot about the benefits of agile working and, and remote working smart working and so on and so forth so I'm having to practice what I preach on a, on a much more sort of aggressive basis at the moment um, the, the difference I think fundamentally for me is that typically when I'm working at home it's because I need some really quiet time to focus on something very specific and report to writers something that needs my full attention without the distractions that you have to suffer at work uh, however when you've got a family and children and so on you can't really just sort of sidestep those distractions so that that's uh you have to find a different way of working despite being at home um but the reality is as long as the tech supports that and there's enough space which we're fortunate to have you have to muddle through and actually what i'm enjoying is the benefit of having more time with the kids because typically as a working person those with kids know you're maybe an hour in the morning that you're rushing around getting stuff organized to get to work and get people to school and then sometime in the evening and you know two rush days of the weekend trying to cram everything in so to have that blended over the seven days it's, it's nice and it would be better in sort of you know better circumstances but ultimately it is about learning how to uh, structure the time when you've got acres of it it's almost like christmas not knowing exactly what day it is and what have you um so that that's a challenge because it's 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 much a much longer period than we would typically have um, as has been mentioned, you, you understand the benefits of a, a work environment where you can collaborate and enjoy the culture of your firm and enjoy your, your colleagues uh, and those relationships. <clears throat> Having that taken away is taking some getting used to. But again, you know, thank goodness for Wi-Fi. We can Zoom, we can use Skype, we can FaceTime and, and have those things uh, support us whilst we're all working remotely. But I think ultimately when this is all said and done, uh, hopefully what I think we'll remember is uh, what it feels like to be in an environment where you've got your colleagues and peers around you and to really enjoy that and not take it for granted perhaps we have done uh, to date um, but yeah, what I keep telling myself in order to keep myself sane is the reality is beyond the sort of economic threats that we all face as businesses and individuals actually what we're being asked to do is, is fairly light touch stuff isn't it you know we're at home plenty of downtime our workloads are all a little less heavy than they would have otherwise been we've still got netflix we've still got wi-fi you know it could be a lot worse and it is a lot worse for a number of people so i'm holding on to that trying to count my blessings oh, fantastic rob you're looking very relaxed in that nice comfy chair so <laughs> you're adapted during this time you need a cigar, don't you, Rob? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I gave up about nine months ago now, Alex. But uh, um, yeah, it's a good point. I'm, I'm going to try and distinguish between the effect on me personally and on and on, and on the business because for me personally now, um, like Deborah, I spend a lot of time uh, out of the office working remotely. Um, having said that, I spend a lot of time working with people face to face as well. Um, so that's been a big a big challenge. Um, I think the one thing that almost universally we could say is that everybody's got more time because we're not traveling to the extent that we did. Um, you know, when I used to work in Birmingham city center itself, it used to take me 90 minutes there and 90 minutes back on a, on a good day. Uh, so that two, that two hours or three hours, that some people are still doing is, is, is really coming in useful. Um, I think we're able, it's interesting what you're saying, Alex. I think we're able to structure our time much better because it's much easier to book 
uh, you know, you have to essentially book these meetings on Zoom, Skype, Starleaf, whatever. Um, you tend to be a bit more disciplined about when you're going to speak to somebody. I think the agendas that we have, um, I'm, 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 I'm reflecting on the fact that I'm far more structured, I think, in my approach to, to the meetings in terms of how I prepare for them, whereas I would perhaps rely on my sort of, uh, you know, sort of natural curiosity to explore things in the meeting, perhaps more, more so. Um, from, from a family point of view, um, you know, I'm a family man. I've got children and uh, grandchildren, and gosh, do I miss them. Uh, there's no question. I, I, that's probably the single most difficult aspect for me. Um, they're, they're all kitted out. I managed to get my mother, who's 86, kitted out with a Chromebook mm -hmm. and, uh, and WhatsApp. So I've, um, I've, I've now experienced at first hand what it must be like to be uh, a call handler in, 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 in an IT sense. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> is it is it plugged in mother um, so uh, that, 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 that's been good um, it's fair to say I think the other thing let's not forget we've had the most fantastic first week's weather haven't we really um, it could have been so much worse guys yeah, um, yeah. I don't know about you but I spent a great deal of time uh, much more time without guilt in the garden because uh, as I say I was able to get my my day-to-day uh, work done in a much more structured way and I was I've, I've, I've been able to identify what's my free time much better I think. Oh yeah I think I, I can totally agree with that because I've, re I've realised myself how much I actually get done within three to four hours yeah. out, out the office. Yeah. When I'm in the office I, I probably don't get half of what I've been getting done on a daily basis so okay. I think uh, yeah what, what I'm learning is I should just go on holiday more and uh, work, work <laughs> overseas it would be a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with the team. I think, you know, staying in contact with them, especially the younger ones, like you mentioned, Deborah, it's, it's very interesting yes. that because I have a, a relatively young team and some of them, you know, have just never seen anything like this. Um, I think as it was coming, there was a lot of joking about it and, you know, it's not going to affect us and, you know, as in as in the UK as much as, as it yeah. has done. Um, and now when you're sort of being told in a, a very democratic uh, a democracy country that you you know you're not allowed to leave a house effectively and you can't see anybody uh it's a different way of the world isn't it that we've sort yeah, of got used is, yeah. to uh, but you adapt like you say digitally you know and uh you know you have to get on with that and you know speak to, to family by video calls or you know using your mobile more etc mm -hmm. and it's uh, but you have to get on with it and just stay uh, and stay strong um i'm presuming most of the same answers are going to be the same for the company of how they've adapted as well you know, in regards to the homeworking uh, scenarios, does anybody want to give me yeah, some? I, I, it's kind of my subject. It really is this this one, to be honest, because, um, you know, it's what we do for a living. And it's fair to say that at any given time, I, I guess probably a quarter of our people are working remotely, either from home, because it's convenient and they can, because they've been equipped with the resource to do so, um, or from site or from a client or anywhere else. Um, and this is the thing I was thinking, actually, the... Um, you know, as Alex identifies, you know, agile, agile working is, is the future. The, all, those companies whose offices are large open plan spaces with lots of people sitting at rows and rows of desks, desktop computers, when they were sent home, I'm, I'm guessing that 99% of them on Tuesday would have not been able to work remotely just yeah. because of the way they had worked before. Yeah. But, you know, our company and those those of our clients who adopt those practices would have been able would on tuesday morning would have just gone so what's new we, we'll just all be doing it today as opposed yeah. to a, a good working list doing it um it's uh, it, it, i i think the the interesting thing is i set all my guys a challenge actually um yesterday we were talking we we're having our 
a virtual coffee break. So 9.30 to, for 20 minutes, we all log into our WhatsApp group and we have a chat. And I said, you know what, this is great. What, you know, why don't we just maintain this discipline when all this is over? Because that would be good. Um, right. for literally for everybody just to stop, you know, stop and enjoy. But I set, I set them the challenge of going, so does the fact that 90% of the country is working from home now mean the death of the office? So, um, well, as I can say, I think, I, th I think we kind of know what the answer is. And I would say I doubt it because the universal, the single thing that everybody I would think would, can agree with is what we've all missed about work is our colleagues and the face-to-face, -face, the social time that the office creates for us. And you know, when we're designing workspaces, you know, you know, new built environments for clients, I think it's, you know, it's even more obvious now that a lot, of, a lot of offices are spaces that were built for companies and organizations. And those that are being successful are the ones that were designed for people. And to celebrate the, you know, if, if most people would agree that their company's most important asset is their people, um, and you know we've been on a mission for some time now to 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 persuade people to design spaces for human beings not 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 for employees and i think i think we're going to see a tremendous kickback um as we all come back into work and people will almost i think refuse to work in in, in you know in some of the more institutional ways that they were perhaps provided with before i yeah. think i think they will have enjoyed it um enjoyed the opportunity to work um, in a much more freestyle way. And I think yeah. the, if we're absolutely blunt about this, you know, the, the thing that prevented a lot of companies from allowing their staff to work remotely and work in an agile way would have been based around the trust issue, I think. You know, can, can we really trust our employees to work? Well, you know, guys, you're going to find out now, aren't you, over the next couple of months, you're going to find out how effective your people have been and are being. And when they come back, why not help them build on what they've learned and build on those new skills because I, I i think people will find it very difficult to go back to the old ways um after a few weeks of this oh, perfect no, no. alex alex you can go first no no sorry deborah please ladies first oh okay i was just going to pick up on the point that rob made about um people working remotely in the trust issue and i think that that's that is very true i think also i think businesses might have been questioning how they would communicate um, if people were working remotely as well. Um, my own business is very, um, very keen on maintaining the very strong culture that it has. And there's always been a concern that with people working remotely, not, not being in communication with each other, that that good culture would be lost over time. Um, but what we found is that people find opportunity to, to communicate all, all the time and some of our communications are more effective now than they ever were when we were mainly sat at our desks um, so I think that's been an interesting change and I think it will drive some change in our business going forward as well I think there will be more opportunity for remote working because we've seen it it works for us um, and partly I suppose that's because of the culture that we've got uh, in in the business so I think it's you know it's a bit chicken and egg and it's it's, it's a bit of a, um, a concern as to how you get there if it's you know if, if you haven't got that already and, and how you maintain it going forward with new people coming into the business that perhaps haven't um, experienced that kind of side of, of life before um, so that's that's going to be an interesting one and see how we adapt to that going forward 
Um, I do wonder how an awful lot of law firms are doing out there. Um, we're a, a business set up on a very different basis to most law firms. Uh, you know, we're a PLC, uh, we've had heavy investment, not only in acquisitions and bringing in new hires and, and the like, but also on our IT. So for us to work remotely, our finance to be working remotely, all that sort of side of it has been very easy for us. Um, you know, okay, the, our, our, you know, that's not to belittle what our IT guys have been doing because they've, they've done fantastically in getting everyone organised and set up and dealing with issues that arise um, day to day. But we've been able to do it because we have um, electronic filing, we've you know had that for many many years um all that kind of stuff that just isn't there in a lot of businesses um so i don't know quite how those businesses are managing um and how they will go forward but you know that that it investment for us has been absolutely key and i guess we will see businesses re recognizing that they need to do that going forward and they need to have digital platforms for their people to work on because you know, if, if this is going to be uh, seasonal, if this is going to be um, something that we can expect every few years, then uh, we can't be in a situation where businesses are absolutely stopped from, from working for no other reason, that they just don't have the, the IT capability. Yeah, so that's a really good point. It's about balance, I think, Deborah. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's interesting. I'm very familiar, obviously, with Knights anyway, but you've just acquired a company in Nottingham that we worked closely with Fraser Brown mm -hmm. and so talking to one of your directors over there he was telling me how I think your IT department have got 80 essentially 80 people set up and, and working you know within the morning as it were with yeah. their you know, new laptops all the software loaded everything working that the, the interesting thing is it's all about the balance so people will be allowed to will be allowed to work remotely in, in a more agile way but not forgetting what i said earlier on about the importance recognizing the value and importance of socializing i mean that in birmingham in particular i mean the, you know the whole downtown in in business um uh, phenomenon is is about the the social aspect of networking and working together and collaborating and, and celebrating relationships um, yeah absolutely and that that you know something we really miss isn't it i mean i i went out for a run last night and the amount of people that i ran past and said hello to and they talked back to me whereas normally everyone's got their head down earphones <laughs> in nobody wants to talk do they but we're desperate for communication at the moment aren't we and that human on human contact yeah very much so. alex you, you were going to say no i think i think everything that's been said is, is valid. I think what's going to be interesting is that the element that we can't really control this experiment, for want of a better word, is the, the, the productivity impact. Yes. Because obviously there's the, 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 the downturn is, is due to the fact that we can't trade, we can't do our normal business because of COVID and those restrictions we have to now endure. I think what's going to be interesting to see is, because businesses are there to protect their bottom line and allow themselves to keep trading, if if everyone could be dispersed into the network and work remotely and there'd be no impact on productivity then i suspect more businesses would actually go you know what that makes perfect sense because it will cost less to have the right tech and it than to pay rent rates and service charge on real estate for example and if they can protect and as deborah mentioned through better comms more disciplined ways of communicating the culture and uh the dialogue then actually i think that's going to fundamentally change how businesses look at real estate generally but they need to be confident that it's not going to impact negatively on their productivity. Because I think what's going to happen is, is that you're absolutely right. Birmingham in particular is built on those interactions, that social network we all enjoy and benefit from. However, I think many of us 
will actually enjoy the, uh, the elements of this lock-in because we're getting things we don't ordinarily get the benefit of. And I think when we get back into the working world, people are going to want to see a better balance of those two elements in their lives. And that's going to impact on how we treat office space and how we manage uh, uh, the, the relationship we have with our, with, our, with our employers and what have you. And it's going to be interesting for me, and no doubt for Rob, given what we do, is to how we, we, ne we negotiate and navigate those new conversations. Because I think if you can, I mean, some businesses are more progressive than others and allow uh, their staff to work remotely, either from time to time or when uh, needs must. But others, as you quite rightly pointed out, Rob, some are just sort of a call center, for example, you can't physically do that from home. But ultimately, if, you're in, if your workforce demands it and puts pressure on the business to allow a greater degree of what they've enjoyed whilst being locked down, there's got to be a balance struck in terms of how you provide that. And I think that's going to inform decisions made about real estate moving forward. Mm -hmm. I think there's going to be a better balance. So we'll get to go out into town and into prims and do all those things we really love doing. But also, you know, having those runs at 11 o'clock and not having to wait and get through rush out and then do it in the evening, for example, where it might create a few more problems. So I think there's going to be a better blend moving forward. It's, it's certainly my, my, my sincere hope anyway. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I think I'm sorry, Rob. No, as I say, I, I really couldn't agree more. I'll give you an example of a very current example. So we're, we're currently halfway through phase one of a six-phase project for a firm of architects. Um, significant scale refurbishment. The, um, apart from the, 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 the testimonial we got for the, for the quality of work and the approach we've taken overall, which was great, what we also had was a discussion immediately about where the client, the, the equity partner we were dealing with, had recognized immediately that the significance of this shutdown for an extended period of time would almost certainly require elements of this revisiting, whereas they had adopted components of what we'd said about agile working. They, already they were very much more open to, to um, having had experience of just literally one week at home, uh, understanding how their staff would, would be functioning differently and the impact that that would have when they came back. So there's no question it's going to change. Um, I think it's going to change for the better because I am, I am optimistic that people learn from new experiences and make the best of it. And the truth of it is, you know, all good businesses are successful because they, you know, they they empower and entrust their people to 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 to, to, to deliver their best, and you know, for them to fulfil their individual potential, the aggregate of which is the business fulfils its potential. That's our working philosophy, and it's one that I think we're all being encouraged to think about our staff as human beings. You know, we've touched on well-being. Um, Deborah, you talk about pastoral care for younger, the younger generation, the millennials, and so on. It's absolutely vital that 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 we continue to understand our our businesses as um, as the, as as the sum of the people that are in them. Um, and, and I think it will. I think it's going to enable us to do, to be much more tolerant, much more humane, and much more um, flexible in our approach of how we deal with people. Um, not not just our own staff as well. I think with clients as well, and clients and suppliers. I think we'll. I think we're going to see a, 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 a tangible sense of of tolerance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, the point was made by James earlier. In that actually, when you when you work from home, if you're not used to it, you actually. Because I've, I've in, in previous sort of lives, I've worked from home quite a bit, 
And actually, I don't, I don't struggle with that because I'm used to it and I understand how it works and the, the minds that you have to get into. But the, the way I, I talk about it to people that haven't necessarily done it is that when you're at home, you have to distract yourself. You have to decide to get up from where you work, yeah. to go and watch Home Under the Hammer, whatever it is, or make a sandwich, do whatever you need to do. But it's, a, it's a conscious choice to stop what you're doing. When you're in an office, you are constantly interrupted and sometimes it's welcome, but the reality is what you want to do and need to do takes a lot longer, as James mentioned, because yeah. you, you're constantly distracted. Mm. And I think the reality is, and the way I would I run teams is that you, because we're a transactional, we generate revenues, perhaps different to perhaps I'm doing a more sort of service orientated role. As long as you get to the destination in terms of revenue, it, it's not necessarily that important how you get there. You've got to employ the right behaviors and, and, and embody the culture and so on. But as you quite really point out, it's about trust. Do I trust you as an employee, as a colleague, to do what you need to do to deliver what you have to deliver for the benefit of us all as a collective? If you can do that at home and you then take two hours for your lunch, but you work until seven, or you want to go for your run or go to the gym or play tennis, whatever the case might be, does it fundamentally matter that you take that time and you structure your time as you see fit? To my mind, it really doesn't. And as long as we support that kind of mindset with the right technology to allow us to, to, to communicate and stay in touch, I, I, I think that's what's going to happen. And, and interestingly enough, even you know, two weeks ago, I'd never heard of Zoom, right? Whereas now, every day I'm using it. And even now as a business, we are, we are going, actually, normally our, our conference calls uh, are without video because that's just what we've done because we get the benefit of seeing each other on a regular basis in the office. But now having a call without video seems really lacking yeah so i think we, and we really decided yeah. as, as a sort of senior management team at lambs Hampton, we are now going to have all our calls through zoom or something similar to allow us to see and interact on a more sort of personal basis um but equally we're all doing stuff we all have jobs to do because we, we want to do well and i think employers are going to be forced to learn to trust Absolutely. their teams because they, they can't now force them into the office. And that I think will make for better change in terms of that employer employee relationship moving forward. One would hope. Absolutely. Oh, perfect guys. Uh, some great comments. I echo nearly all of them. The only difference I do Rob is we don't do tea. We do. I was on a Friday night now and it's with uh, alcohol. Uh, <laughs> That's going to be a thing as well. Um, about we've that. done that as well. We've, we've done that one <laughs> <laughs> many thanks um i think we've had a great discussion there and hopefully all the uh, downtown uh, anyone watching the downtown den podcasts will uh, really appreciate this so from deborah rob uh, alex and myself um thank you very much for tuning in and no doubt we'll see you Been a pleasure thanks all stay safe take bye -bye. care bye bye, bye, -bye.